Jesus. Hallelujah. You know that the Bible talks about that is through faith and patience we shall see the promises. Okay? And uh, we're living in a culture where everyone is impatient. Uh, everyone wants something immediately. And if we have to wait a few days, then we can't be bothered, so to speak. And, uh, but one of the signs of quality is time. Okay? If you buy something that is produced very easily, very quick, it's most likely also very cheap. Okay? When I, when I went to the Toyota factory uh, many years ago with Larry, and Larry, I asked this guy who was showing us around, so I, because they also build Lexus there. You know, Toyota owns Lexus, but if you know, Lexus costs more than a Toyota. And so I asked him why, what's the difference from a Toyota and a Lexus? And he said, four seconds. Okay, which meant that when in a car factory, every guy, they got, I think he got 54 seconds to do, perform his task, and then it moves on, and then he had to do the same task. But on a Lexus, you got 58 seconds. But what, what it illustrates is that the longer it takes sometimes, the more precious and valuable it becomes. Do you understand? Uh, but we're living in a culture where we want everything now. And, so, and, and what happens is with that kind of way is that our way of thinking, we're losing our way of uh, strategizing because we're only thinking for now. Okay, we, we only make decisions for what is good for me now. And the Bible talks about in Mark 4 that Jesus talks about the, uh, the sower goes and sows a seed. And to be a, a farmer has to think ahead. Do you understand? You know, he, when he sows a seed, he don't expect to go and harvest it tomorrow the day after. There is a process that has to take place for the harvest to come in. And that takes time. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, and, we, uh, and it's right we have that kind of way of thinking because of, if we only think in terms of what is good for me now, we can very often end up making wrong decisions. Okay. Remember there's a, there's a guy called Esau in the Bible Jacob's brother, and he was the older brother, which meant that he was the, the heir, he was the firstborn, and he was the heir, with, and when you are the firstborn son, when the inheritance is paid out, you get double. Do, do you understand? And, uh, but one day, Esau had, a, had an immediate need. He got hungry. Okay? And what he did was, he threw everything away to fulfill an immediate need. How do I turn it off? Oh. Uh, to fulfill an immediate need, so he, for, he, 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 he said, you can have my blessing. As long as I just get something to eat now. Okay? And... And the society that we're living in today, now even now, 
you, you, if you if you listen if you see in the news, impatience has nearly become a policy now. You know, if you hear about Brexit, for example, you say, "Oh, we just wanted to get it done." No, the solution is not just to get things done. It's about getting things done right. Because if you just get, want to get it done because you can't be bothered anymore, you, we are going to suffer later. So it's very important also with the word of God that when we, when we talk about faith, you know, it's not difficult to be patient when you know you got it. It's difficult to be patient if you're unsure of if you got it. Do you understand? If you know I got it, it's not difficult to be patient because you will get it. But where, where we struggle with patience is because inside of us, we might still be in doubt of, will God really give it to me? But the thing is that, as I told you before, that we have received all the blessings from God the moment we got saved. The moment we entered into the kingdom of God, and just to read it to you again, not just to quote it, but Ephesians 1.3, uh, I remember so a preacher, he said to me, every time you, you're struggling, every time there is questions in your head, every time you don't know what to do, go and read Ephesians. He said, and so I did that. I didn't get anything out of it at the time because I was so emotional. And did. But the thing is that the work... The Word of God, it's amazing, everything talks today, <laughs> that the Word of God will feed you. Okay? So, he says, Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, blessed, who has blessed, who has blessed us, and now, with, it's nice to know what he's blessed us with, isn't it? With all spiritual blessings. Now, you have to understand, I used to grow up hearing that spiritual blessings was something that, was, was something that floated in the air. No, it was, it was not substance. It was a spiritual blessing. What is a spiritual blessing? Basically, the spiritual, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, which means basically that everything that is in heaven is yours now. Amen. Amen. Do you understand? Not, not when you get to heaven. Now. He has blessed you with all spiritual blessings now. He's not going to do it. That's why you don't need to pray for things. Do you understand? If you pray for things, that shows that in your heart you don't realize that you, have, that you, you already got it. Faith is, I got it. Do you understand? Faith is that I got it. Faith is not that I, I might get it. No, faith is, I got it. Why? Because he has blessed me with all spiritual things. It's like when he talks about spiritual blessings in the heavenlies, heavenly places, that basically means, you could say, oh, like, let's, for, to make it easier to understand, maybe, blessed be the God of Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all the Filipino blessings. But, so what that means is that everything that was available for you in the Philippines will also be available for you here in UK. 
That's, that's how you should read it. So everything that is, uh, when you spiritual blessings, that basically means everything that is in, in heaven is given to you the day you got born again. Because now you became a citizen of that kingdom. And everything that kingdom has is yours now. And not only when you go to heaven, but it's available for you to use here on earth. How do I know that? Because the Lord, when the Lord teaches us how to pray in Matthew 6, what, is, what, is, what, what does it say? That your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? So, so that's, where, that's where you have the approval. And how did he make it possible? Because he blessed you with every, everything that heaven has. Made it available for you and I today, not tomorrow, not one day, but today. And that's where religion comes in. And you know, I find with the devil, he loves religion. And do you know what religion is? He's twisting just a little word. So, so, so like say, we, we, and, and, when, and, and when, we do, when he does like that, it sounds like that we are still doing the God thing. So like, for example, as I said, we've been taught to pray for. Amen? That's how I was taught. We pray for, let's pray for money. Let's pray for healing. Let's pray for whatever it may be that you have a need of. But the thing is that that, that creates a, 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 an attitude in us that we don't have it. Do you understand? So, but, but the Bible teaches us that we have received it. Do you understand? And that's where we have to renew our mind. Romans 12, 2 talks about renew our mind so that, uh, they say, through our renew of our mind, we get transformed. What is the renewing of our mind? We realize now that I am in a different kingdom now. Do you understand? I told you before that when I got adopted to Denmark, that physically I was moved from Denmark, from South Korea to Denmark. But my head... My responses, my experiences were still in Korea. Did you understand? So I came from a position. I came from from a situation of lack in an orphanage. That's why. So when I came to Denmark, where there was you know, one thing Denmark have an abundance of is food. Okay, but still, I was behaving like I was in Korea. Yet I was not in Korea. My head, my mind was, but, but but I was in Denmark. And the same thing, but it's very one of the most important things we need to understand when we become born again. It's not about now. Now I got my free pass to heaven when I die. Okay, that's a part of it. But there's far more to it than that. That is that all of heaven is made available to you on earth in this life now. But, but for us to take advantage of it, for us to possess it, we need to change or renew our way we think. And it's very easy to take our worldly thinking, brush it a little bit off, and make it look like it's kingdom thinking. Do you, do you understand? But the thing is that it is actually reality is that you can live in one kingdom with the mindset of the old kingdom. And never enjoy the benefits in the new kingdom. 
Did you understand? It's not that it's not yours, but it's because my thinking is still in the past. If you meet all American people now, they more or less, more or less all died out now, but those American people who went through the Great Depression, I'm telling you, even when the country started prospering, they still lived like there was not enough. Because it was in their head. I tell you, you know, that when, when Jens' dad was alive, the first job we did every year we came was to throw out all the empty bottles of all sorts of things because he, went from, he came out from China and there was nothing in it. So he never threw anything away. Okay? Even when now he was very prosperous, but in his head, he was still poor. So he, so he couldn't enjoy what he had achieved because in his head he was still living in a situation of lack. And I'm telling you, many people do that in the kingdom of God today. They are in the kingdom of God, but the devil had tricked them, so they still live like how, with the mindset of the limitations of the old kingdom, the world. And that's where we need to focus upon that if you and I, we suddenly can see, I am in a new kingdom, I am a new creation. I'm telling you, fate is not difficult. Do you understand? But it's about getting there, and that's why, like, and, and that's where the, the biggest hurdle, the biggest hindrance for all of us is religion to, to, to rob the blessing. Because the devil cannot rob it from you. Do you understand? He cannot, he, why? Because he got defeated when Jesus died on the cross. The only way the devil, can, the only weapon that the devil has against you is to make you believe something that is not true. So the best, most dangerous weapon he's got is called religion. Remember when uh, Jesus is in the desert, the devil come and tempting him. And say, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And you know what? That sounds really good. But he quoted God. He just, he just forgot one word. God didn't say, you are my son. He said, you are my son, the beloved. There's a big difference. Do you understand? And, and that's the way the devil works. So that he makes us do things that we think is spiritual and is in line with the word of God. But there is just that little thing we're missing. What is that? Relationship. Okay? And, and, and very often, many of the books that is written about prayer and things like that, it's just basically based upon worldly principles. And forgotten that we are new creations. Okay? We, in the, old, in, 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 the, in the world we're coming from, we like four points. Do what, point one, point two, point three, and point four. But I'm telling you, in the kingdom of God, you can be blessed. You're blessed not because of you've done point one, two, three, and four. You're blessed because Jesus died for you. Amen? You, you, you are free because he laid his life down for you. And, you can, and so you're not going to earn it, you're going to receive it. That's why that in, uh, Paul says to Timothy, work out your salvation. Okay? Many translations say fear and trembling, uh, and when we hear fear and trembling, we're thinking about that we should be scared. And so, no, that's not what, if you study these words in Greek, it means different things. 
Okay, that's because of the English language. It's not like the Greek language. Language so like in England, we got English English language. We got one word for love. So you love ice cream, you you love hot dogs, and you love your mom, and you love your dog. You know, it's the same word love. In 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 Greek, you got four different words for love. Okay, so so when you so that's why it's worth having a dictionary. When you see these words like fear and trembling, and what, what does it actually mean? Because fear and trembling can give you wrong images of how to approach God. Okay? Now, but, but it says, work out your salvation. It's like when you get a new thing, you have got it. You got the whole deal. You got the whole package. Now you are working out how it works. And the more you're working out, the more benefit it will be to you. I remember some years ago, I had to hand in the, the car because we were changing the car. And the day I drove the car down to the dealer, I saw a button I'd not seen before. And when I pressed that button, I worked out that button could do this. I had the car for two and a half, three years or something like that. And it's always been there. But I never worked out what it did. Do you understand? And that's how you... So our journey as disciples, we're working out our salvation. Meaning not, we're not working to be saved. We're working out what it is. And the more you see, the more you achieve. The more you gain. The more you can receive. And I'm telling you, this is our journey. This is the journey we have with Jesus. This is why we are here on earth now, is that this is the journey to show that God's kingdom is near. Amen? It's, not, it's a kingdom where there are different rules. It's a kingdom where we speak differently. So, so like for example, in the world, when I come to rules, in the world, for example, with a teacher, a school teacher, it's a responsibility for the school teacher to explain things so that the student understands it. Do, do you, you understand that? Okay. In the kingdom of God, it's the responsibility of the student to understand what the teacher says. That's why you see in the Gospels, have you noticed? You know, I'm so happy when I read the Gospels. Well, uh, Peter, he, didn't, he misunderstood everything. I'd say, wow, that's wonderful. You know, when, when you compare to Peter, there's no such thing as dumb questions and dumb behavior. And, because he, he made them all. Okay? But the thing is, but if you notice, Jesus, he said many things. And the disciples have no clue what he was saying. Only later, as they grew, they figured out, oh, that's what he meant. Oh, that's what he said. Oh, now we understand that. Okay? Do you know why it works like that? It's because of... If we realize we have to find out how Jesus thinks, mean, that means that the gospel is the same either if you are in China, Philippines, Africa, UK, anywhere in the world, because it's the same Jesus. But you can see if the teaching is according to who we are, then it can mean different things everywhere. That's like that. As I said to you before, that many American preachers will like the King James Version Bible because the word prosperity is mentioned so many times. And in America, 
prosperity is money. Uh, you know, everything in America, money. Okay, the, wor the worst tour I've been on, uh, these uh, bus tours in cities, was the one in New York. You know, uh, usually when you go on a bus tour, you're told that that famous building was built like this, or this thing had, all that bus tour was, yeah, and that wealthy man lives up there, and that wealthy man lives up there, and that, that fat costs this X amount of money, and, and who cares? But it's because it's an American culture. Everything is money. Do you understand? But if you, if you meet, a, let's say, a guy in Africa in the middle of nowhere, prosperity might mean something else for him. Do, do you understand? So that's why that it's down is the responsibility of you and I to find out what is it that Jesus means. That's why he done it in that way, because or else we will just define everything according to who we are, what backgrounds we have, what experiences we have, have, have carried, and it can mean different things for different people. That's why many people, they, go so, they, they can start arguing about scriptures because of they're reading the word of God according to who they are, and not according to who he is. Do, do you understand that? And uh, so, so, so we are in a new kingdom, so it's different rules. In the kingdom of God is that you give and you receive. Amen? In, in, in the world is that you receive and then you give. That's, that's another thing that we, we like to say. It sounds nice. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Okay? God blessed me to be a blessing. No, he didn't. He blessed you for, because he loves you. Amen? He blessed you so because he loves you, not so that you can be. So meaning, if I don't feel blessed, I don't need to be nice. That's really good. But, but that's not how the kingdom of God works. In the kingdom of God, is that if you need something, give it. Amen? If, no, if, you, have, if you are lonely, give your fellowship. Amen? That's how the kingdom of God works. That what you need, give it. And the world cannot understand that, but, but, we, but you, you will find if you work like that, when you give, you receive. Uh, Joel Osteen's mom, who was diagnosed with liver cancer back in 1974, and was given two weeks maximum to live, and, uh, and what, what she really needed was healing. And what she was she there? She started praying for other people to be healed. What did she do? She gave what she wanted. That's how the kingdom of God works. Where we will probably focus upon ourselves and say, Oh, I need to be healed. I don't have time to pray for anyone. I need my healing. And then I can be a good testimony. It sounds good. But it's not the kingdom of God way. And that's where we have to learn the kingdom of God way. That's why that we need to read the word of God, not in terms of that... Uh, uh, do this and don't do that and so no because this is how we you and I we get to understand what is ours what our what what, what have you actually entered into when you read it in the word of God then you can have it and I'm telling you uh, I, I remember there's someone who said to me because of the, he asked me when I became a pastor or something so, so a guy he said to me have you taken the poverty vow you know, Catholics have to, you know, monks and uh, nuns have done that. Have you taken the poverty vow? 
Så jeg sagde, no. <laughs> Because the Bible says poverty is a curse. But you can see how much religion have to, uh, turned it into that poverty is a sign of being pious. Oh, I'm not bothered about material things. No, but if you're not bothered about material things, we are bothered about material things for you. Because we don't want to see you running around naked. That will be an awful sight for all of us. <laughs> that, will, that, will, that will create images in our head that we, we need to be delivered from. Do you understand? But, we, but it's not what we live for. But Jesus, he knows that we need all these things. You, can, you, you know what? You can, you can love money without having it. And you can have money, uh, and and you can have money without loving it. That's why I don't know today because no one hardly carries a wallet anymore. But for men, that's why that the wallet is in your pocket, not not here near your heart. Do you understand? Because you are, you are supposed to have money. Money is not supposed to have you. Okay. Anyway, so. So, so, so the starting line for us is that we have to realize I am a new creation. Second Corinthians 5.17. I want to read them because we very often, I, myself included, we just glance over and say, oh, I know that scripture, but it's good to see it with your eyes. And, uh, and first, uh, second Corinthians 5.17. So, therefore... If any man be in Christ, wherefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen? You are a new creation. Now, this, is, this, 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 part, this, is, this thing is really amazing. All things are passed away. Amen? All things are passed away. Behold, that's an old word, pay attention. Pay attention. That's basically what it means. All things are become new. Amen? Very often the person you and I refer to, that person does not exist. Once you get born again, that person does not exist. That person is dead. Okay? That person has died. You are now a new creation. And that's where like, my great motivation in the word of God was to find out if that person, that if Kurt that I know have died, who is that Kurt that I see now? And the only way I could find out who that person was, was by reading the word of God. Not, not let other people tell me who I am, but let the Word of God tell me who I am. Do you understand that? No, that we, in the world, we are what other people say that we are. And very often, we take on the identity that they put upon us. But in the kingdom of God, we are who God says that I am. Amen? And, and, and His Word, when you start realizing the integrity of the Word of God, you will find out that His Word has more authority about you and over you than your own words about yourself. That's why we talk about submissive. 
No, submission is not now he, he wants us to be a part of the, 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 the slave pack who just do whatever God No, submission to God basically means his word carries more weight about me than my word about me. So when I say I'm a failure, he says you are amazing. So I submit. He says I'm amazing, I'm amazing. Amen? That's what submissive means. If he says, I can do it, I can do it. Amen? You might feel you can't, but if he says you can, now I submit and say, okay, I can. That's submission to say what God says about you. Amen? Many Christians will still look at themselves as failures, uh, people uh, who have shortcomings and things like that. But God says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And when religion comes in with another phrase, yeah, but I don't think I'm anointed for it. Do you understand? Do Do you know what the word Christ means? It's not the last name of Jesus. Do you understand? What's the name of Jesus? Jesus Christ. No, do you understand? That, that is what you, it's not like Kurt Anderson. That's, do you understand? Jesus Christ is not his name. Christ is a word that we didn't translate from Greek when we translated it into the English Bible. So we just took it. So, but if we translated the word Christ, that would be translated as anointing. The anointed one. So if you are in the anointing, of course you are anointed. Amen? You can never be short of anointing. But the devil say, oh no, I'm not anointed. Because he say, it's only Jesus who is anointed. Because Christ is his last name. No, if you are in Christ, that means you are in the anointing. Amen? But if you don't realize it, of course you will not act upon it. So now, it's a, uh, this is part of the working out our salvation. So now, if you are in the anointing, so s- you say to yourself every day, I am anointed. I'm not going to be, I am. Why? Because I've been put into the anointed one called Jesus. So, all the old things are gone. Do you know what? If many Christians could just see that the old has gone, a lot of people, they carry regrets. Oh, I wish I'd done this, and I wish I'd done that, and I wish I didn't do this, and I wish I didn't do that. No, it's gone. Okay? It's gone. Do you know what? There is something in our flesh that, li- that, that likes to punish ourselves. It's, it's, it's really it's, it's a self-destructive thing, but with Jesus, he said, all these things are gone. So stop punishing yourself for what you should have done, or didn't do, or should have said, or whatever. It, it's gone. Okay? Everything is new. What does that mean? That, that means that these things are not supposed to define your future. God does not see you according to what you have done. He sees you off according to what you can become. You, you know, don't be a slave to your past. Amen? Be bound up into your future. Look at not what you have done, but look at what you can become. Okay? So all things are, oh, all the things are gone. The, the Apostle Paul, 
this was when I went, he said, he wrote, I'm, now I can't, you can, you can find it yourself, but he says, I have wronged no man. Okay? And then, I remember I said to Jesus, I found a lie in the Bible. Come on, the Apostle Paul, before he became Apostle Paul, he was Saul. And he was in charge to wipe out the Christians. It even talks about when Stephen was stoned, he, he, he hold the clothes for those who stoned Stephen, which is even worse than stoning him. Well, he was really, he was, he, 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 and then he got letters to drag them out and put them in prison and all sorts of things. And then now the guy, he says, I have warned no one. So I said, Jesus, that's a lie in the Bible. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, that, and it was actually very stern how the Holy Spirit said to me, but how dare I say that the blood of Jesus is not powerful enough to wipe out that sin. Do you understand? That's why that they changed names in the, old, in the New Testament when we became Christians. It was a common thing that they changed names when we became Christians. Why? Because we, they realized uh, it was gone. That person was gone. Completely. So they might as well change name. So maybe what we should all do, we should make a gravestone in our garden with our name on. And then and we are new creation. And then you can choose your own name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> if you don't know what to choose, I can help you with a few suggestions. <laughs> okay. So you are a new creation. You are in a new kingdom. And, and so, so now, when you realize you're in a kingdom where everything has been provided for, Everything has been given to you. Now go out and explore it. Okay? Now, but uh, another verse I like is in Colossians 1.27. No, no, before we go to Col uh, Colossians uh, 1. Uh, the, the, sec the, the other thing when, you, when we enter into a new kingdom is in a new kingdom there's a new language. Have you noticed that? In a, when you, have you noticed when you came to England? They do not speak English as we saw in the movies. No one sounds like Tom Cruise here. Have you noticed that? Most of the English we're saying, you don't have a clue what we're saying. <laughs> they, they have their own kind of word. So when you come to a new kingdom, it's a new language. Okay? It's a new language, and it's very. Uh, and now, what I mean by that is that a new language is not a new language in terms of words. It's a new language in terms of understanding the words. For me, tea and coffee. Tea is tea and coffee. In Yorkshire, tea is dinner. Okay. Have you noticed that? So when you come to England. You realize it's a new language, not in terms of words you don't know, but in terms of application and understanding and value of the words. I thought that in English, when you don't go off with the word, language English, when you said love, that means you're really loving someone. Here, 
If that's the case, when I came to England, every shopkeeper loves you. Hello, love. Yeah. What, what would you like, love? Is that, and then in any case, so, you, so we said, so that, that's what it means by a new language. Uh, I mean, we are really loving you. Hello, lovey. <laughs> it has a different meaning. So that's what I mean. What I mean by language. So the same thing is that when we come into the kingdom of God, that again is very important when we read the word of God that we don't add our values to the words that we read. But we need to find out what are the values of Jesus for what he is saying. Amen? It, it, because or else we, we will go wrong. Another part of language in the kingdom of God is speaking in tongues. Okay? Speaking a new language. Do you know, if you have a problem by always saying the wrong thing at the wrong time, my suggestion is just speak in tongues. Amen? When you can't say anything, Amen. If you don't know what to say, just speak in tongues. So next time you want to say something that you know that you shouldn't say, I don't know if you can speak in tongues when you are angry. I don't know. But the thing is, that's a part of the language. And the Bible talks about you speak secrets with God. Amen. And, uh, and so, so, so the language is very important. Another thing that is important, that the kingdom of God, we never speak lack. Why? Because we speak from a position of provided for. Or if we say, for example, oh, it will be nice one day if I'm debt free. Let's say that. But, but that, that, that's not the way to say it. No, by faith in God, you are debt free now. And when, you, and when you work from there, you're not going to be, you are now. It's like same thing, you're not going to be healed. Because if we say, I'm going to be healed, that means we don't recognize what Jesus did on the cross. Because the Bible says that in 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes you have been healed. Amen? My body just needs to pick it up. But I have been healed. So now, so of uh, 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 provision, he became poor so I could be made rich. So the way it changes our prayers in application is not, we don't pray, God, heal me. No, we, pray, we say to God, thank you, God, that you sent Jesus and he, by his stripes, I have been healed. When it comes to death and Prosperity. We, we don't say, Jesus, I need this and I need that. And, or I would like to know, we say, Jesus, we f- I thank you that you became poor so that I could be made rich. I thank you, Jesus, that I got it. That's how, that's how it changed. But the world's way of thinking is that we pray for, which sounds really good. No, we, and as long as you're praying for something, you will never get it. Do you understand? You, how do you receive it? By faith. What is faith? Sees, I got it. Amen? And that's why, like, we have to, uh, that revelation, you get it through the word of God. Not just by saying, oh, yeah, I, I know by mental ascent, I know it in my head. Now, you need to know it as a revelation in your heart. And that can sometimes take time to come 
from the Bible into your heart because of sometimes we struggle with experiences and but we renew our mind daily by reading the Word of God. Do you know what I, I heard someone, I don't know, I, I, but he said to me, because this is another lie the devil had told us, the Bible is so hard to read it. Oh, I, str I struggle. Okay? If I saw, you know, someone said it takes you roughly for an average reader to read through the Bible, it will take 74 hours. That's not a lot. And you, now you can get translations like the message translation that will cut a lot of hours off. Do you understand? But the thing is that we need, to, we need to be addicted to the word of God, so to speak, so that we know what it is that we come into. Amen? Because it's only when we start seeing these things that we can, we can take advantage of it. When you know that you know that you know. Okay? Don't, don't build your faith on what everyone else tells you, but build it upon the Bible says it. No, interesting that Jesus, he, when, the way Jesus answered the devil back, how did he say? He didn't say, devil, God showed me. He didn't say that, or he didn't say, God said. No, he said, it is written. Amen. Amen. So, when you see your bank account, you, what do you say? It is written. Philippians 4.19 My God shall supply all my need according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. All my needs. Not, not just a few. All. And now this is the second thing in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, you get what you say. If you don't want it, don't say it. Amen. Do you know what? I used to grow up with, there was a lot of teaching about uh, proclamation, confession, and things like that. It's, it's like it's disappeared now. But the thing is that our words are powerful to create. That's the vehicle that it comes from the spirit world into the natural world. The vehicle that, that, that com it comes through is your words. And what you say, it will become. Okay, remember when, uh, uh, when uh, God said to Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. So, and actually we could read it, we, we have plenty of time today. In Genesis chapter 1, uh, Which one is? Where, where is the one that he names all the animals? Oh, oh, yeah, Genesis chapter two. And uh, let's see, 18, let's start with 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast 
of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. Do you know that the naming of the animals was in the process of Adam finding a partner? Do you understand? The, the beginning point was that he said it's not good for man to be alone. So the next thing he does, he creates the animals, he brings them to, uh, the, to Adam. And, in, and I believe that what Adam was looking for was a partner, but he couldn't find any. So that's why the monkey became a monkey. Okay? Not an early human being, but a monkey. Everything that Adam, he said, Adam, he looked at it and said, no, no, that's not a partner, that's a monkey, oh, that's not a partner, that's a whatever. He, he named them, and what he said, they became. Amen. It's a good thing Adam had to fulfill that task, isn't it? <laughs> Can you see what you said about it? So, so that's why you should say, when you meet your mother-in-law, say, whoa! That's why Eve, I, I heard someone said, that's why Eve was called woman. Do you know? <laughs> Because when Eve showed up and Adam woke up and said, Whoa, man! <laughs> That's what you said. No, I don't know. We didn't speak English, okay? But, but the man should be alone. I will make him a help. And, when I, so, and every fowl of the air brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever, now notice, and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Do you get what you say? So if your prayer life is always, oh, Jesus, it's so hard. <laughs> you will get it. Okay? And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl and of the beast, or every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found a help. You see, the process is about finding a help. He would say, but for Adam there was not found a help. Not found a help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep. In other translations, that word deep sleep basically means dying. Uh, in Danish way, it's a phrase, but you sleep in, meaning you die. It's a nice way of saying you're dying, okay? So, and, but I, and the Lord God caused a, caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept. And he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. Do you know, this is also a prophetic image of Jesus on the cross. Remember when he got, uh, they put the spear in the side? Jesus died, and they put the spear in the side. And what came out? The church. Amen? And uh, so anyway, so he says here, and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead, uh, instead thereof. And the whip which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because of she was taken out of man. So now the real thing is, where was Eve? She was, she was already inside. Okay? But where did Adam look for Eve? On the outside. So now, think about, that's the same thing that what Adam did in the beginning, we're praying for. Not realizing is already within. 
And that's where we, when you and I, we become Christians, we become born again, we have to understand that all that you need, you already got it. Okay? And then now we can go to Colossians 1.27. Colossians... One twenty-seven says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The anointing is already in you. If you have Christ, what, what do we say to people when, when, when we need to be born again? That Jesus will live in your heart. Amen. So that's why I never understand people say, I can't feel Jesus. I feel so lonely. He's in your heart. And if he's in your heart, all that you will ever need is already provided for. Just like Eve was already in Adam. Eve was already in Adam. But Adam looked on the outside, but the provision was already within him. Do you understand? Everything that you need is already in you. You have already received it. So the way we get it out from the inside into the natural is through our words when we say, no, I pray for, no, we say, thank you. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. The most powerful words that you can ever say in prayer is, thank you. Amen? Yeah, but I have nothing to be thankful for. You have plenty of things to be thankful for. You are breathing, you are alive, you are healthy, and so on. And I'm telling you, once you start going down that track, it will come like, it will be like a spring of living water that will just open up. And I'm telling you, when just, because what do you do when you say thank you? You forget yourself and remember him. This is why Adam was put to sleep. What is that the name is of? That he forgot himself. He forgot his need and he focused upon him. So when we say thank you Jesus that you have provided, thank you Jesus that you have healed me, thank you Jesus that you have forgiven me, thank you Jesus you do not hold my past against me, when you have that thing, now you will see everything starts coming out. Amen? You know, be, be, be watchful with what you say because our words are very often our biggest hindrance. Our words are our Biggest enemy many times not to enter into the goodness and greatness and full potential of what God has for us because of we defeat ourselves. And the worst part of it, the devil has made us not think, oh, we are really pious when we say things like that, or we are really honest. Uh, you know, someone said to me, if you can't say something good, keep quiet. Okay? And, and, man, and, and especially when we are in desperate situations in the natural, you know, the best thing is, the biggest struggle is, don't say anything. Okay? Pray in tongues then, if you, if you have to say something. Amen. <laughs> do you understand? And when you do that, I'm telling you, you will see, according to your words, it will take you, or it can break you. 
Do you understand? And I'm telling you that many of times, what, what have you ever, when you need to learn something, when you need to do something, people, they speak to themselves. Oh, I can do it. I can do it. But the same thing, many people say, oh, I can't. I can't. I can't. And the more they say, they can't. Amen? But you can do it. When you realize he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Whatever you're facing in life is not, cannot destroy you. And another thing that we have to learn, in the world we come from, we think a peaceful life is a blessed life. Where there is no struggles, where there is no challenges, that's a blessed life. And many Christians are realizing that's the life we are pursuing. This peaceful life. With flowers in the garden, birds are singing in the air, the sun is always shining, whatever it may be, with no challenges. But I'm telling you, that's a lie. Do you know, you and I as human beings, we need pressure. One of the issues with astronauts when they come back from space to Earth is their bones become weak. Because... They are in zero atmosphere, meaning there is no pressure upon the bones. And therefore the bones get weaker and weaker. We need pressure. Not, not to destroy you, but to make you stronger. Amen? To make you stronger. And uh, if you go to uh, Luke 8.22, it says... Now, on one of those days, Jesus and his disciples got into a boat, and he said to them, now notice, he said, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they launched out. I always find it funny. Jesus said, let us go over, when he goes to sleep, and let them row. <laughs> what kind of friend is that? <laughs> let, oh, let, let's do some cooking when you sit with the newspaper. <laughs> okay. Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they launched out, but as they were sailing along, he fell asleep. And a fierce gale of wind descended on the lake, and they, be, and they began to be swamped and to be in danger. They came to Jesus and woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he got up and rebuked the wind and the surging waves, and they stopped. And he became calm. And he said to them, Where is your faith? They were fearful and amazed, saying to one another, Who when is this that he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him? Okay? You, you know, the life of Jesus, once, you know, he acted upon the word. And what happened? He they said, let's go to the other side. Now, when we're in the middle of the lake, a storm arose, and they forgot what he had said. Do you know, I think the reason why he rebuked them was because of they could have done what he did. Because if they could have stood and said, Jesus said we should go to the other side. Then they could have spoken to the wind. Why? Because that was the will of God. Amen. Do you understand? There's another passage where Jesus, he sends them ahead. That's where, where he walks in water. It says about the disciples, they are rowing and they are struggling. Remember that? And, and if the wind is against them, do you know what would have been easy? 
we're in the middle of the night, rowing, just turn the boat around. And what would happen when we turn the boat around? Instead of having headwind, they will have tailwind. They don't have to row. Oh, I'm blessed. The only problem with that peaceful life is you ain't, you're going nowhere fast. Do you know, but if you want to be a champion, if you want to succeed, if you want to advance, have you noticed there will be obstacles and challenges, but it's not there to annoy you, it's not there to destroy you, it's there to promote you. Do, do you understand? And to establish you, that in Denmark we all grew up with a bicycle. And I'm telling you, even if there was no wind, the moment you start cycling, you can start feeling the wind on your face. Why? Because now you're making progress, there will be a resistance. And, and, and religion, the devil tells us, oh, being blessed is just nice and cozy and easy and comfortable. When, you, when I speak to many Christians, they say, how are you? I'm blessed. And you know what? And there's no challenges, there's no obstacles, that means there's no growth. Do you understand? We, we, we need these things to grow. We want to go higher. And then we don't understand why is this happening in my life now. Because any airplane, every airplane can only, they only take off in headwind. But instead of, so how do we do it? They accelerate. So when you and I, we face challenges in our life, look at it and say, this is God wanting me to go higher. So what do I do? I become more, I, I, I push even more. I pray more, I praise more, I get closer to God. And, and so instead of holding back, the late John Wesley, uh, my favorite story, you heard me quoting it so many times, so you can nearly do it by heart now, but I love saying it anyway, is that when he was preaching, he, they say he preached seven sermons every day on a horseback. You know, he was traveling. And, uh, and, and now, the, the, the Methodist church, they were not light. Do you understand? They, they were hated everywhere they went. People beat them up. They threw stones at them, spit at them, did, threw them out of towns. Even in Leeds, they say, oh, this is where Hill, John Wesley preached after he kicked him out of Leeds. Okay, we're very proud. This is the hill. <laughs> anyway, that, that was his life. And then one day he was on his horse and suddenly he realized it's quiet. No one is heckling him. No one is cursing him. No one is swearing at him. No one is beating him. No one is spitting at him. Do you know most Christians, may, including myself, I would say, thank you, Jesus. Breakthrough. I'm blessed. But you know what John Wesley did? He jumped off his horse, fell to his knees and cried out to Jesus, Forgive me! I'm sorry, Jesus, I missed it! And he cried out to Jesus like that, until a guy who walked past got so annoyed, took a stone and threw it after him, and then he said, Thank you, Jesus! He understood that to progress, that to, progress to grow, there is a kind of resistance. But it's not a resistance that will hold you back, it's a resistance that will get you higher.
Amen? So many Christians say, oh, I used to go up in this face. Oh, what's what? I'm on the tail. <laughs> and there was another, there was a, another song we used to sing in the youth group, uh, something like, I am a wounded soldier. <laughs> it was really, it was really fake building. Uh, I mean, you know, like a really mel melancholic uh, melody. Uh, you feel really worse afterwards. But the thing is that we didn't understand obstacles, challenges in the world is there to destroy you. In the kingdom of God, they are there to promote you. Amen. Amen? When you understand that whatever you're facing, it cannot overcome you, suddenly, wow, this is, my, this is the launching pad to something even greater. Do you know, we all like the testimony. Have you noticed that? You don't like testimonies of what God has done. Have you noticed the word testimony? You need to have a test to have a testimony. That's right. Amen. We, we don't want the test, but we want the testimony. Yeah. <laughs> okay? You need to have a mess to have a message. Have you noticed? You, uh, and, and that's the way in the kingdom of God. So when now you can approach things in a different way. We don't approach things as victims. We approach things as victors. That's why David and Goliath, what is that? The whole army of Israel, they were victims because they didn't know who God was. But what did David say? This uncircumcised Gentile or Philistine, what did he basically say? He knew who he was belonging to. Now, if David can kill Goliath, you should be able to kill ten. Why? Because David did not have the Holy Spirit in him like you and I have. You have far more than David. So when you see obstacles and things like that, that you feel naturally is obstacles, no, it's God's launching pad for you to go higher. As I said before, this thing, that your attitude will dictate your latitude. Okay? So instead of saying, oh Jesus, I'm under attack, I'm telling you, you will, you will be attacked. But if you say, Jesus, thank you, but who is this? Like David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Okay, David, he, I'm telling you, the way David speaks, he would have been kicked out of most churches. Have you seen how he talks to the, to the, to the Philistine? I'm going to cut your head off and feed it to the... Most churches are, oh, they don't do, use that phrase anymore. If your mom had been around, they'll wash your mouth with soap. Okay? But what did he do? He spoke what he wanted. Amen? And that's you and me. These things are in the Bible for, for our sake. So, like, so when you're facing the wind, instead of saying, oh, rejoice. Something good is going to happen. Something good is going to manifest now. Amen? Depending on what do I do? At midnight, Paul and Silas, what did they do? They sang praises to Jesus. And what happened? The chains fell off, the prison doors opened. They could have said, I'm never going to listen to you again, Paul. You call yourself an apostle. Look! Ah! What kind of apostle? And you say, said you had a vision of a man from Macedonia. 
Are you sure it was not Morocco? <laughs> Can you, but you know, but they realized in the kingdom of God, everything is for progress. You cannot be defeated. I, I, I have a friend in, uh, from Ethiopia, a pastor. I'm, I don't dare, you know, when he was here in England, he was like, uh, it was so funny when he prayed for people, especially with women, their hair was all over the place after, because he, when he prayed for me, it was not like, uh, <laughs> and when he had these big eyes and when it was dark, it was like, what? <laughs> so, and, and he became a Christian in Ethiopia, I mean, he, he was really fervent for Jesus. And what happened was that, what I say, yeah, he, he stood on the streets preaching to the soldiers. That was when Ethiopia was communist. And he, and he didn't just say, I think you should meet Jesus. No, no, he was really radical in that way. So they got so annoyed with him, they beat him up all the time. And then at one stage he ended up in prison. And you know, it would have been easy to feel victimized. Jesus, I preached the gospel and I, all I got for is beat, beatings and now I ended up in, in a cell. Maybe it was a cell group he had to start. But, but, but it was not like, it's not like a prison like in the West. No, they just put everyone in. And when he was sitting there, he was saying to Jesus, why am I here? And when he saw a man who was paralyzed, and then he said, that's why I'm here. And then when you also pray for a minister to that man. Amen. And, 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 but, it, but it's in the kingdom of God when you start realizing all things works out for good for those who love Jesus or love God. Suddenly, anything you're facing, you face it with a different attitude. Amen. Not, 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 with a, not, not as a, vic, a victim, no, as a victor. Amen? Whatever the devil throws at you, it will just pile up in front of you and you will take a step higher. When the, devil to, when, when the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert, it says that after the free test, what happened afterwards? Jesus came out of the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you have the right attitude, it's, it's a promotion. Always, and that's where we need one another. That's why we can't do it alone, because we need, what do we do to one another? We encourage one another. And the word encourage is not about making you feel good. The word encourage is basically what it means to put courage back into you. Okay? That's what we, but the thing is that the devil, he wants us to do when we, under, when we have a situation, he wants us to withdraw. Why? Because now there is, no, there, there is no discerning of all the voices that we hear in our head. Okay? Have you noticed that when you have it in your own head, when you're on your own, you can hear all sorts of things. Okay? But the thing is that when you are, when you are part of a body, when you are part of a church, then... They, they can put courage back into you and say, you know, you might have felt weak, but now they put courage back into you and now you can move forward again. Amen. Just like when Moses was praying and he, had, he needed people to lift his arms, you know, at one stage it was too hard for him to do it himself. And then 
There were people who lifted up his arms. Men space to say they put courage back into him. Okay? So, so remember this, that speak what you want. Okay? Don't say, oh, don't say pray for, but say thank you. Learn to say thank you. Not for all circumstances, but thank you in all circumstances. And I'm telling you, when you, everything that is in the natural is subject to change. Yes. Nothing that you see in the natural is, is permanent. Everything in the natural changes. If you don't believe me, scroll eight years back on your Facebook and look at your profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> And when you know, everything changes. No, whatever, anything in front of you, anything in the normal, in the natural, is subject to change. Do you understand? So why do we change it? You speak to it. That sounds stupid. Yeah, you speak to it anyway. You, you come to a red light. Oh. <laughs> you, you speak to it. You, you, you hit your foot against the, the wardrobe, you hit the wardrobe like if the wardrobe said, oh, that really hurt. <laughs> okay? No, you speak to it. You speak to it. You, 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 say, you say these things like David spoke to Goliath. You speak to it. You speak even to yourself. Amen? Do you know, we lie to ourselves many times. Oh, I'm so old. Jesus, he thinks you're young. Amen. Amen. Yes. Oh, I'm so stupid. He thinks you're bright. I'm so ugly. Are you, when Jesus says, are you saying I'm ugly? No, I am. Yeah, but you made it my image. Oh, I'm sorry, Jesus. <laughs> you call Jesus ugly. <laughs> Amen. No. We, we, this is the kingdom. And this is why we, we need to talk about renewing of our mind. This is what, so that we can work out our salvation. And, and when you start seeing the witches that is in the word of God, I'm telling you, 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 will, you, you cannot let go of it. And now, because we're living in this uh, electronic thing, but I, I want to encourage you also to have a written Bible that you can write in. Okay, because of this Bible is basically my history with God. So I have, I, I have dates here where I say, God spoke this to me on that day. And sometimes when I need, when, you know, like we all are in situations where we don't know what to do. We feel confused, we feel hurt, depressed or whatever. We can feel all these things. So what do I do? I go to the word of God. Where do I go? To the places where I met God before. Do you understand? And when I, it's like when you go to, so, so I call it, this is like my spiritual retreat. Do you understand, man? So when I feel in situations like, so, so where do I, I go back to these places, start reading these scriptures again. Oh yeah, uh, that day Jesus met me there, he spoke this to me there. And then from that more subtly, I move forward to where the answers comes in the current situation. And I can tell you, when you read the word of God, Always read the word of God with, with, from this attitude and say, what does Jesus say about this situation? Do you understand? Because when you, if you don't go to the word of God like that, it will just be a book with random information. 
But the Bible will have the answers for everything when you come with the, with the heart. I say, Jesus, what, what do you say about this situation? What do you say about this situation? What do you say about this situation? When, when, as I'm reading the word of God subtly, it will just reveal. It will just come. But many times, you know, I, one of the places I always go back to when I'm in situations where I don't know what to do and uh, confused and uh, discouraged or whatever, Psalm 23. Okay? The Lord is my shepherd. Okay? You know, when, when, if, you, if you struggle with sleeping, or if you're struggling with anything, the worries, concerns, or whatever, I just say, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And when you say, the head goes full of all sorts of things, just say, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. And I'm telling you, when you start speaking this to yourself, do you know what the Bible says? Faith comes by Hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, that you, you, you should be the greatest preacher in your own life. Amen? We asked Mr. Wigglesworth one day, he came, the English people are so polite. So, hello, Mr. Wigglesworth, how are you? And he said, I tell Mr. Wigglesworth how he feels. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> ask. So, so, <laughs> so, if he didn't feel... Uh, up to, the, uh, up to scratch, he told Mr. Wigglesworth how he should feel. Amen? Amen. So you look at yourself in your old body, uh, your, your young body. Body, you're young. Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> no balcony. <laughs> okay. But those are, so, so like when I'm in situations like that, so when I go, when, uh, so uh, this is what I call, this is one of my hiding places. So, so when I don't have an answer and the, the, the head is full of, why, what are you going to do? I just go here, the Lord is my shepherd. And I, I, speak, I read it out loud to myself because have you noticed you can read quietly and still have all sorts of thoughts running in your head. Okay, but have you noticed if you read it out loud to yourself, the thoughts that bombard you quiet quiet down because your words controls your mind. Okay, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restored my soul. He lead me. In. So, and when when I start when 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 I start, when I start speaking, reading this out loud to myself, when suddenly another part of in the Word of God that, that God spoke to me, okay, like when like in my Bible, this is where it's so brilliant because so I can actually say here in second of September two thousand and five. Because I can write in my Bible. He said, he has given him his heart's desire. Amen. And then suddenly it starts growing. And then I come out refreshed and stronger. Amen. That's why it's good to have it like, because in the way it's not like, oh, God, God, it's all for Oh, give me a word, God. Give me a word, God. Give me a word, God. Oh, 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 give me a word. Oh, Judas went and hung himself. <laughs> Give me another word, Jesus. Oh, go and do likewise. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but so I, so, so this is, so I have these what I call in scripture. I go where 
And this is where, which we, like a retreat, it's like when you go on holiday, you know, the first few days of the holiday, you still have a working mind. Still worry about, but when it goes a few days, you start relaxing. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now you're texting me on. No, but this is what happens when, when I'm in situations like that, which we all are. So I go to, to my Bible and I find these places and then suddenly it starts com- calming down when I start reading it to myself and then the Holy Spirit starts speaking to me. Amen. So you are in a new kingdom. You are a new creation. Amen. You have what you say, whatever you say. You are not a victim. You are a victor. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You don't need things. You already got it. I don't need to ask for it. I just need to give thanks. Amen. Amen. Uh, And make a commitment to yourself. Say, I will speak the heavenly language. That that does not mean you say hallelujah all the time. That's not the heavenly language. No, the heavenly language is what you say. I, I don't speak defeat, I don't speak worry, I don't speak fear, I speak faith, hope, and love. I speak victory, I speak breakthrough, I speak health, I speak prosperity, I speak abundance, because that's my heritage. Do you know what is amazing about the kingdom of God? A will, when, when is a will executed? When the guy dies. Okay, have you noticed that sometimes in my family, especially my family, crazy, okay, that people can argue afterwards about the will. But in this case, it's amazing that Jesus wrote the will, he died, <coughs> but not only that, he got resurrected to make sure that his will was carried out accordingly. Amen. So now from this day on, if work on this thing, I renew my mind. I, I, I need to, if I, if I can't speak faith, better to keep silent. I don't want to, you know, you know, you see many people, you know, the way they use language in the world, they, they think it's harmless. But I'm telling you, they're killing themselves with their words. Oh, I think I'm catching the cold. Yeah, you will get it. Oh, oh, it's this season of the year. I always get it. And if you keep saying it, yeah, well, you will get it. You will speak yourself into it. Oh, I'm, I've never been good at this. I've never been good at that. I've never been good at this. And I tell you, the more you're saying it, the dumber you become. Oh, I'm so stupid. Yeah, you're really stupid, stupid. It's stupid to say you're stupid. Amen. You, if you start saying, I'm so bright. I'm really intelligent. I have the mind of Christ. Einstein who? I am. (laughs) I am amazing. Amen. I'm telling you, we need to start talking differently. What, 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 What did Jesus say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Can you imagine? He says that in the synagogue. In that environment, what? Okay, uh, I basically stand up and say, I'm the one, guys. <laughs> That's right. And what they say, who do you think you are? I mean, 
You can say, how long, how, how much time have you got? You are son of a king. You, you're born into the wealthiest family in the world. Amen. But we have to start exploring it. Because I'm telling you, that's the only way the world will see that Jesus is real. Do you understand? Yeah, you can preach to them and I can preach to them. We can witness to them. As a, but if they, but it's, they don't understand it. Do you understand? You know, when I became a Christian, I did so, Wash me white as snow with your blood, Jesus. In my head, how do you become white with blood? <laughs> no, that was my, my thinking. If you get washed in blood, you don't become white, you become wet. <laughs> okay? No, but if you see someone where the blessing is upon them, they're prospering, <coughs> you see, because <coughs> you say, oh, God does really exist because you are not that bright. There must be something upon you. And like, like I said, when, when, when Jacob, when the brothers came back to Jacob and said, Joseph is alive, he didn't believe them. Jacob is alive. Um, he, he, he probably said, oh, I'm an old man. Don't kill me before my time or something like that. And but when he saw the wagons, when he was, now Israel, now he was Israel again. Meaning, he became full of faith. What? He saw the blessing. Do you, do you understand? And, and, and that's where the, uh, the church, we need to be different. Like, for example, you, know, you hear people talk about, what do you assume when you hear someone say, I live by faith? You say, oh, poor guy. Okay, poor guy, they don't have much. No, like there was a preacher we had in the church. I mean, yeah, all oh, the first two years of our life, we, we live by faith. Oh. What kind of image is that of God? Imagine if you live by faith, you, you're not dependent on one payday a month. If you live by faith, payday is every day. But it's because religion have turned it around. Because of, there is not enough. It's not enough. I'm telling you, there is an abundance of blessing. that's just waiting there for you and I to take it. Amen? It, the only hindrance is like we think, oh, I need to pray right now. You just need to realize, I got it already. Amen? I got it already. Uh, and that's why the Bible talks about that we should ask for. If you read in the, the most, we pray for in the early church in the book of Acts. We didn't pray for prosperity. We didn't pray for healing and so on. We prayed for boldness. Amen. Do you know that the, the paralyzed man in the temple, we didn't say, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Jesus, please heal this guy. He's been sitting here at the temple every day. Yeah, just Jesus, you saw him yourself when you were here. No, he said, they were bold. And what did he say? What did he say? Look at Jesus. No, look at us. Why? Because they realized Jesus was in them. 
Amen. Amen. And when we didn't, and when we pulled him up, we were bold. We, you and I, we need to be bold to not boldness to be arrogant, but boldness to overcome our own insufficiencies, our own experiences, our own religious background, our own cultural background. So we need to be bold to say, if the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we ask for, for, for boldness and courage. Lord, I ask that will you renew our mind through your word, that when we open your word, it will, it will just reveal revelation after revelation. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.